This is Anime DGEN's Weekly Rundown 25. Let's get it! Well, welcome back, guys. Uh, on this rundown, we're going to be doing Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War, Episode 16, Psalm 100, Episode 3, Roroni Kenshin, Episode 3, Jujutsu Kaisen, Episode 3, and One Piece is on a break. So, obviously, we won't, we won't be covering that. Uh, guys, how we doing? We're chilling, bro. Big chilling. I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> Good man, a little a little sleepy today. I had a long weekend with the whole barbecue thing, so uh, not a lot of sleep, but we're chilling. Okay, I heard that. Yeah, that brisket was looking good on Snapchat. I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. It was oh, pretty good. It was pretty yeah. good. <laughs> hey, where yeah. my where my part at, bro? <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait a second. Uh, yeah, there's, some, there's some of my fridge still. There's a lot of chicken too. We also did three whole chickens. Oh damn! damn. Uh, you weren't playing. Uh, but yeah. So last week, guys, we kind of mentioned that the rundown shows were a little slow, it being the second week. Uh, now that we're getting to the third, the third week here, how did you guys like this week? You know, did you think any shows in particular carried? Yeah, I think One Piece really carried this week. You know, uh, there oh wasn't God. a bunch of there wasn't a bunch of a uh, bunch of filler flashbacks, so that was pretty cool. No, no reaction shots. Okay, wrong episode, bro. We're not on the bullshit hour yet. Oh. <laughs> Everything is bullshit here with me, dude. <laughs> well, I'm starting to pick up on that. But but in 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 all actuality, no, I thought the show's picked up this week pretty good. Uh, I really enjoyed the Bleach episode, and JJK was pretty intense. So, Sheesh. for sure, for sure, awesome. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Uh, I can't wait to talk about JJK. That that <laughs> shit was fucking nuts. It was wild. Awesome, boys. <laughs> so, you guys want to get right into Bleach? let's get it so uh we're gonna start off with bleach thousand year blood war episode 16 the fundamental virulence had to how to google how to pronounce that one because i wasn't sure <laughs> I what's it mean what it fucking meant <laughs> I, that's not what it means i was trying to say it <laughs> let me google that hoe again <laughs> hey, okay so we are here see, teaching y'all it's it's like not really clear to me because like even the definition itself is confusing so it's called, it's, it's, uh, virulence is the severity or harmfulness of a disease or poison, or can mean bitter hostility or rancor. Oh, that makes perfect sense for this episode, then. I mean, it, do, it does, but like, when I was uh, watching this and I was like, what the fuck does this word, word mean? Why are they making me use Google right now? Oh, I didn't <laughs> even pay attention to the title. <laughs> and, and, and I will be honest with you, boys. I, I just thought rancor was a fucking monster from uh, Star Wars. I didn't know it was a real word. So, learning a lot. I don't know what it is still, so. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't click on that one. I ain't gonna hold you. Well, the Quincy's have torn apart the Serete and are now cleaning up the last of the Soul Reapers. They're out here freaking bottom of the knife, just sweeping them up. Luckily, Urahara has found a way to level the playing field. So, we start by looking at, like, post-invasion of the Seirete, and it, the subtitles are just popping by. Formerly Squad Barracks. Formerly Squad Barracks. Formerly Squad <laughs> Barracks. so sad. <laughs> I, like, I wasn't expecting that because 
I mean, obviously the the Stern Raiders and the rest of the Quincy's were like invading, right? At the end of the last episode, people were getting bodied. But we just came back and they were like, yeah, this shit's already wrapped up, yo. Like they've really just done so much damage. And them saying formally, I was like a little shaken by that. I mean, there ain't nothing there. You know what I mean? It's all gone, bro. Pile of fucking rocks. <laughs> it looks like it looks like you know in any like post-war anime when they're just showing the destruction of any city. I mean, like we're gonna be doing it on Wednesday, but I was just rewatching part of Code Geass and I was like, oh, it kind of reminded me of Shinjuku, dude. Just fucking buildings destroyed left and right. <laughs> hey, remember that time? You know, uh, uh, pain just destroyed. You know everything that's what it looked like no i i don't remember that time dude oh well i do every day <laughs> every day tyler relives it in his, in his fucking nightmares every day he's actually just in his in his dreams minato comes and saves the day yeah he actually does honestly <laughs> minato with naruto behind him <laughs> yeah the episode kind of like picked up with um Toshiro and Bosby, like right after that scene, and uh, Kong Du, who was, I believe, Sternredder I for Iron, uh, comes up and is like, Nope, we got orders from the big boss. We got to finish off the captains with their bonk eyes, which is fucking fucked up. <laughs> Bro, I, I really respected how like much of a savage Kang Du was. Because uh, he also threw Matsumoto like down by Toshiro and was like, you know, those who live together should also die together. Boy was cooking with them words. It was it was pure poetry. That's some fucking black Air Force energy, dude. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Can't hey. use that boy. Too bad he couldn't back that shit up, though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say thankfully he couldn't back that shit up. <laughs> nah, I'm going to go with too bad. I want to see him put in work. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, he he was he was something else, and it was kind of not even his fault that he couldn't finish the job. He had all the tools; they were just taken from him. Um, I believe a better term would be, uh, or sorry, better phrase for that would be, given back to the rightful owner. I don't know about taken <laughs> from him. <laughs> well, it was in his possession, and it was taken. <laughs> It wasn't his. I didn't say it was his. <laughs> but it was his for a little bit. <laughs> hey, man. Possession is nine tenths of the law where I come from. <laughs> but yeah, so we get a little uh, little phase shift to uh, Urahara talking to uh, Kuritsuchi about how he discovered a way to stop the bankai that were being stolen from being used and how the soldiers could reclaim them. And this was actually really interesting because it brought a lot of soul reaper or sorry bleach like lore into this 100%. and we learned we learned a little something about the quincy's um and i think it had been mentioned in the past but i kind of forgot about it how uh the reason that the quincy's want to kill the hollows isn't because they just want to destroy them it's because that literally the reishi that hollows create is poison to the quincy's and they have no immunity to it so basically Yurahara realizes that the Quincy's aren't taking any of the Arankar's resurrections, which are basically just goaded hollow bonk eyes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he comes to the realization that because Quilge Opie in the first part couldn't handle the hollow that he basically swallowed up and was trying to use the power of, that if he can get the bonk eyes to hollify, which... There's a lot of that at Old Bleach right there. I mean, that's the visors. That's everything, you know? 
um, it would make the Bankai poison to the Quincy and due to their inability to basically like handle hollow Reishi, they would lose the Bankais. And that's exactly what happened. So good job, Mr. Hat and Clogs. Big fucking brain shit right there. Yeah, I love it. He's always oh, yeah. coming in clutch, bro. I mean, he's probably the smartest guy in Bleach. <laughs> well, actually, you're a, you're a Aura. Aura yeah, that's what uh, you're talking about. Hot and Clogs. Hot and hot and clogs. Yeah, hat and clogs. Off of oh, hat and clogs. Hot and clogs. Hat and clogs. Hey. Oh, each go calls him Mr. Hat and Clogs like the entire like first like hundred and three hundred episodes of Bleach. Listen, don't let Kurus- uh, Kuratsuchi catch you saying that shit, Dan, because he will take you into his bright room <laughs> and experiment on you. Yeah. And you know who's you know who's still smarter than Kuratsuchi. Fucking Eisen, dude. He's number three. Eisen figured out a creative fucking like perfect form of himself using some crazy little cube, dude. I don't know about y'all, but like when they were in that lab with all those bright ass fluorescent lights, (laughs) the LEDs probably that shit was putting out a lot of uh, lumens. Um, I had to turn down the my fucking monitor. That shit had me fucked up. I feel like putting on some glasses. <laughs> I keep the brightness in all my TVs pretty low anyways, so it, I, uh, I didn't notice it too much, but yeah, it was it was fucking bright, dude. I yeah, just like I, how his, uh, his like clothes or whatever started like <laughs> doing like rainbow yeah, colors and shit yeah. like your keyboard, you know? He, he fucking turned on the RGB. Yeah. <laughs> no, 100%, dude. <laughs> fit is fresh. I don't care, dude. Dude, I would but, love that skin in like a uh, Fortnite. Like Fortnite or some shit, yeah, <laughs> or like or like a Rocket League. That should be a dope ass skin. Ooh, dude, Rock. That'd be. I feel like that'd be like really annoying to play against in Rocket League. You'd just be like, get the fucking colors out of here, dude. I'm trying to focus on the ball. <laughs> it's like a flash of rainbow across your screen. Yeah, love that. I'm just getting freaking mustied by somebody with a rainbow RGB car. <laughs> that scene right there, uh, it was. It made me laugh because even though Yurohara was uh, telling Kurosichi facts he was just like i can't believe you just called me i can't believe you put a monitor on me and he was just gonna hang what? up he just didn't give a shit <laughs> he found the save the savior of the soul society and then the so. best part is fucking Urahar just opens up a portal to wake moon he's like oh hey hello <laughs> just kidding <laughs> i'm here i knew you were gonna do that you fucking asshole yeah no, i was getting worried when kurosuchi was like yeah i'm, I'm hanging up in three two well, i was like is this dude fucking serious yeah, like is this is, pride on that bro. level but of course you don't give Urahara, a shit bro yeah i was like yeah I'm, I'm here dog like you're not hanging up on me like that <laughs> i will say though you know kurosuchi did have a big part in getting all those little uh shinyako or shinjuko pills out to everybody Oh, yeah, he already had that whole darkness portal thing figured out and ready to go. For sure, man. Yeah. But yeah, so we see Toshiro basically touch this darkness pill. I don't know the fuck they're calling it. I don't know if that translates to it. Something I've tried to look it up. Something like shadow raid pill or something like that. And um, basically what it does is just puts a tiny little bit of hollow reishi inside of everybody who touches it so the goal here is to hollify the bonk eyes which will basically make it so the quincy's can't control that power because it's just like eating them alive on the inside and it was so fucking sweet when toshiro got his bonkai back because he had like an ice mask on like a hollowfied solar reaper and that shit went so fucking hard it did i i enjoyed it a lot did they did they say uh 
how long those pills last or is it like just uh just like i i, I think they last like a, a while but they're not permanent i okay. think is all we really know um are we I sure on that i i don't think they're like completely permanent but uh, okay i'm not sure i'm, I'm not yeah, sure. i was gonna say because every other solar pill has been um I guess introduced hollow reishi is full on holified. Are they the ability to holify? Okay. Look at all the visors. Look at Ichigo. Sure. So I don't sure. know. I, I, yeah, I, well, I, I'm just not sure like though. the side effects of the pill. You know what I'm saying? Because it's coming from a small pill. Yeah. And it's like a lot less energy or, or hollow reishi. Um, but yeah, pretty much just stops this whole shenanigans with their bankai, which it was like you said, it was really great to uh, to see Toshiro with that like half mask on. And uh, talking to Kang Du, you know, he was like, hey, I'm glad to have you have you back. I couldn't remember the name of his Bankai. Um, and Kang Du was like, you think they really have, like, personalities? A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> and Toshiro was like, you, you're a fucking idiot, pretty much. <laughs> I don't get how you don't understand how your mortal enemies work, because, like, it has been so well known throughout Bleach that, like, to get your Bankai, you need to know your your sword like i don't understand right. why like you need to know your zombakto which is why um tyler's fucking boy kampachi doesn't have a bankai because he doesn't care to listen to his sword yeah okay okay so uh, it never I, I it never that doesn't make sense to me either because they still don't know this shit even though they've been hiding in the serate for how many years how many thousands of years you know, and they yeah. still don't know this shit, bro. That's exactly what I'm saying. You're lurking yeah. for that long. You don't do any fucking recon. Like, so, come on now. Uh, Kang, I think they tried to explain this away with like one sentence. Uh, Kang do reply when he, when Toshiro said, you know, my bankai won't attack itself. Uh, Kang do said back to him, he says, I don't believe in pantheism, which is studying any other religions than your own. Okay. Yeah. That's I, how they tried to explain sense. it away, but then he got clapped. So he should have been. Should have been reading something. <laughs> should have, should have, should have been uh, studying up in them books. I oh, wonder yeah. if all of them bleed, you know, follow that. Uh, what'd you say, pantheism? Yeah. I wonder if all of them follow that or if it was just uh, King Do. So I don't know. I feel like just like in, in, in war, you know, studying your opponent and learning the ins and outs of their abilities and everything like that is crucial. It's a very so, basic like, thing you have to do. I, I, it's probably in the art of war somewhere. I haven't read it, but uh, <laughs> I think you put it aside for that, you know, like, like your yes. mortal enemy, like you put that, you put that little part of you aside to really win the battle. Right. And I actually had to like go look up what pantheism uh, was because I was like, they slipped that in there for some reason. And then I actually looked up what it, what it was and it was a direct reply to what Toshiro was saying. I'm glad somebody looking this shit up because I ain't catching it. So I didn't know they said that shit, bro. Dude, I, I like looking up the words, man. I got to know what the fuck's going on. Um, but guys, enough. I want to go back to uh, Soifan still being alive and still talking her shit to BG9 even before she got her Bankai back. Uh, she gets woken up and she was like, you know, how could I possibly stay asleep with that fucking thing screeching? <laughs> and uh, I really love that little moment because she, I mean, she was just gotten her shit rocked and still was talking shit. I love people with that energy. I absolutely love that. She really does not like uh, Mr. Hat and Clog's voice, dude. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't expect nothing less from, ain't she like the leader of the like 
black ops like stealth division or whatever of yeah, uh, yeah. the soul society so yep. i expect shit like that from someone like her it's just like you know uh uh what's her name my my waifu up here i, I forgot her name uh cat lady wow yeah, yeah it's just it's a, Girl, it's a bad night, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, wow. I'm the one. I'm the one tired here. He's just chilling. He can't remember Yoruichi's <laughs> name, dude. Come on. Look, wow. I, you know how it be for me. I just, I just be forgetting everything. So he just likes the pretty pictures. Yeah, I like the pretty pictures. Yeah, and we'll uh, say that. naked cat lady <laughs> covered in lightning. <laughs> we'll say I mean, that purple like that. hair, I mean, you know, on, all that good stuff. So yeah. that's right. We we have learned his kinks. I mean, what, yeah. <laughs> sir? <laughs> I well, get yeah. explicit every time I post. We're not worried. This isn't a children's podcast. Yeah, know, we're mature. Kind of. So, so, I do have a question. Did you guys. So, when Soifan used her bonkai, Yakuho Rakobin, the, the, the giant ass blicky cannon. Yeah, the blicky did bonkai. A, did she have a mask on? Like a slight mask? No, that was like the sight, bro. Okay, I wasn't sure if she had a slight mask because it was hollified. I know she didn't have a mask on when she was laying there talking after she took the pill. But okay. uh, the, you know, horn sides uh, or whatever for the, the Blicky <laughs> cannon uh, was weird as hell. So. Blicky oh, that's, that's, that boy. Say it that's, right. Blicky that's Bonkai. standard. That's standard. Oh, yeah, that, the, the, big ass, uh, the big ass site there is standard on that thing. Yeah. yeah iron sides, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a great moment right there. I, I, she got her lick back. BG nine goes down and uh, yeah. Between that and and, and beating the shit out of Kang, dude, uh, I, there was some really cool moments in this this episode for sure. Well, we yeah. haven't even we started. Yeah, I was just we haven't gotten to the coolest part yet. I know, <laughs> I know. Shinji's bankai. Shinji's bankai. Dude, dude I've dope. been waiting for this. So, I'm. I think I have to be the one to guess the name or yeah. try and pronounce the name of this one because I don't think you boys got it in yet. Oh no, 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 no. Run me this. Nah, nah. He ain't try to call me out now. <laughs> Sakashima, uh, Yokoshima, Hapo, Fusagari. Oh, oh right here, Dan. Sit on it. That, that was probably the easiest <laughs> Japanese translation we've had in a while. Or Japanese enunciation we've had in a while. Nah, you're not going to talk to me like that, dog. You know, he's, not there in the, he's not there in the mirror for 30 minutes before we recorded saying this shit. <laughs> I had to look into my soul, bro. I had to see what was there. He's fine. He's training like Ichigo is right now. So I'm, I'm going hard right yes. in front of the mirror. But go uh, so, ahead, Dan. Basically, he's been told he can't use this bonke around other Soul Reapers because it's just so fucking broken. Basically, it just fucks with all your senses and it makes you like everything seem backwards. Words were backwards, like all the movements of your opponents were backwards, your movements were backwards. It'd be like trying to play Mario Kart on mirror mode with reverse controls. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think we've seen this Bankai once before in uh, The Five of Aizen, right? Is that correct? I can't Did remember if you used it? it. I can't I'm remember if you used it. I'm pretty sure we've seen it there at the end around The Five of Aizen. But uh, I could be wrong. I could be just like, you know, head cannoning stuff um, from the manga into the anime. You know how I am, so... That is, is true. I don't remember, honestly. It's been so long since I've rewatched Bleach that I can't remember off the top of my head. Either way, Shinji is is definitely petty. He even to further confuse his opponents, he like he even practices talking backwards and then pig Latin. <laughs> did y'all did y'all actually like try to stop and read that shit or did y'all like nah. no? Mm-hmm. 
I didn't either. <laughs> I was just like, he's just talking it, shit. Just no, talking it, was, shit. it was actually the words were all perfectly backwards. Like on is, the subtitles. I got oh, through okay. like I realized he was doing it. I realized they was doing the subtitles backwards on the screen. And so then I tried to like hurry up and quickly read the bottom part. And I think I got like two words into it and before it switched scenes. And I was like, oh, I ain't going back for this shit. So. Oh, no. Nah. I saw that that fucking mess at the bottom of the screen. I was like, he can have that one. <laughs> I, I'll get with him when he uh, returns to normal speech. <laughs> what what did you guys think about his bankai having R&B music? That was that was something else. Yo, I noticed that. I was like this this is feeling kind of smooth. You know I what I'm see. saying? Like this is reminds me of my childhood, right, you know, riding in the back of the Explorer. And I was like, "Wait a second, this is R&B." <laughs> I actually enjoyed it, bro. That, that it actually shit was groovy. It felt good, you know, listening <laughs> to it, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to more R&B. That's what I realized during this fight. Facts. I mean, you you kind of get it with the city pop, you know. That's just like Japanese R and B. I don't know about all that, man. It's like R and B, jazz, and it's like jazzy music. I wouldn't call it R and B. Oh, it's very heavily based on R and B. Do some research. I mean, it is, it is, but it it don't it don't hit the same. It definitely don't hit the same. Uh, But Bambi, oh, so Shinji kind of like got a little unlucky having to fight Bambi because Bambi's like an O A O E attacker. So she doesn't really like need her senses too much. So even though she was really disoriented, like Shinji still couldn't get that close to her because she'll just blow everything up around her. So I thought that was a really interesting matchup. They Definitely happening. Definitely, yeah. So after that, we kind of got some some heavy news for the Soul Society, I guess. So Yuho Baha said, "Rejoice, Sternriders," and then they all started using like the Quincy esque version of a Bankai. Like it looks like they unleashed all their powers. Yeah, and um, that an Awakening, I think it's called. Rod, I don't remember what they call it's, it. It hasn't been in the anime yet, so I don't, I don't know either. But shit was scary. Yeah, uh, I mean, he he goes on to say. Uh, the true despair begins here. Uh, yeah. What Some do y'all think? Y'all think, y'all, think uh, y'all think he's joking or y'all think he actually, they actually believe that shit? You think that man can tell a joke? He's been telling jokes the whole time he got there, bro. It's <laughs> just an expense of the soul society. <laughs> he's not really telling jokes. He's more just being a cocky son of a bitch. Oh, and what it sounds like a joke, but it's really just creating. being fucking serious. <laughs> Formerly squad barracks. I mean, I mean, like, so the the thing, what I'm trying to figure out, like, why even go, I guess it makes sense, but like, you know, they went through the trouble to steal the Bankais, dipped out, came back, beat their ass, got the Bankai stolen from them. You know, if they so, just had the trump card from the get-go, like, why not just go in there and start blowing shit up off the rip? So, me personally, I think the reason why they did that is because, in all actuality, the Bankais are probably the stronger of the two. But if they took away the bankais of the, you know, the big, uh, the big people, then there's no way that the soul society could beat them. Whereas if they left them with the bankais, they have a chance, you know. Oh, because that, the bankais okay. are, you know, even though they think that there's a stronger, still the bankais I think are technically a little bit stronger than there because there's more forms of the bankai. You know, just that, that that type of stuff. So okay, and, and like you you see, and that actually makes sense to me because like if you start thinking about it, some of these matchups like 
So even with Toshiro versus Bass B, with, you know, Bankai included, like, that should still be a good matchup for Bass B because he's fire, fire versus ice. Um, same thing with Bambi and Shinji. That might have been luck, but they might have planned that too. But so it's like, now, you know, let's beat them up a little bit, take away their stamina, and then we let them have their Bankai back so we can have our most powerful thing once they're winded. Uh, I don't know about having their Bankai back. I don't think they didn't expect that to happen. No. But, but, okay, but why would Urabara have them like go back to the people who would, I guess it didn't make, doesn't well, make a because, difference. Because he, he wants to total annihilation off. and defeat and humiliation <laughs> because he's been humiliated for, you know, uh, thousands of years. Uh, so okay. he's just yeah. trying to get back what's his, you know. There's nothing, I mean, that's like, there's nothing more humiliating than being killed with like your own monster. I mean, that's like the classic change of heart Yu Gi Oh! Trump card right there, you know, where you pull their own monster yeah, yeah. over and kick their ass. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He wants the shit over fast, but he also wants to humiliate them, you know, even more. So he's doing them both at the same time. So. And then, like, the last, I guess the last thing we had before the credits was Sajin show up, old werewolf man, fully armored out again. And um, he's going straight for the king, dude. I love that. <laughs> Y'all think he actually has a chance of fucking with Urabaha? No. Okay. Uh, no. no. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> no. Hey, he's got a pretty scary bonkai, though. Yeah, it's yeah. scary, but he really he's really not like that. I don't know why he's going over there. He thinks he is, though. He's just he has always noble. thought he is. That's yeah. true. That's true. But I mean, you know, it's crazy what, you know, um uh what's the word called? Uh uh not revenge, but uh whatever the hell he's trying to do um for his uh fallen comrade uh it's crazy what that'll make you do, you know, in terms of going against uh, people who are way, way stronger than you. Trying to get you your know. lick back. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't, I still don't think Sajin should be heading that way, but, you know, more power to him. If he thinks he's got it like that, he, you know, maybe he does. He definitely shouldn't. <laughs> Might have some trump card up his uh, fur, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, you guys want to get on to Zom? Let's do it. So we got uh, Zom 100, episode three, called Best Friend of the Dead. And Akira's working on his list a little bit more. This time he wants to reconnect and have drinks with old friends. So we're heading to Shinjuku in the Red Light District. Turn up, baby. Let's go. Did I do <laughs> Let's go. Did I do that justice? You did. You did great. Hell yeah. I love it. I'll let you have that one. Yeah. Well, it was unexpected, <laughs> bro. I was just re Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so we open up in club showtime with a young girl crying and a younger blonde guy known as, I think the manager is what he was being called mm -hmm. and just trying to comfort her. And then all of a sudden we get, then he says, um, he has to go because he has a little meeting he has to attend. And it turns out, He's just walking out this door like a, a bunch of people, a um, bunch of people armed with uh, uh, bats and Molotovs and just whatever else they could, you know, uh, scrounge up. And they going out and find a bunch of zombies. And I didn't really expect that. Um, I thought he looked like more of a meeting type and not like a, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think he was going to go out there and start 
<clears throat> you know, piecing up some zombies. I also couldn't tell if this was like back before the zombie outbreak because the inside was like so peaceful in like a regular restaurant. Um, I mean, I wouldn't call it a restaurant. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it was it was the restaurant portion of the club. Um, I was going to say, you guys, you guys know about these clubs in Japan, right? With the male hostesses. No, no, that's, that's why I, I know this about was a the fucking maid. restaurant. The maid cafes, bro. No, so this is basically like it's basically like a hostess club where they have very attractive, pretty boys, and they're basically like male geisha. Okay, all right. so all the women come and throw money and they sit with them and they act all horny. Oh, huh? oh, that's okay. All right, all right, interesting. So, so I respect the okay. fuck out of these guys for really figuring it out during the zombie apocalypse and being being some burly ass men and fighting the zombies off yeah and <laughs> speaking of that uh they're not doing so well out there even though they got molotovs and shit like i don't know why you would go out there and fight them if you're just gonna get overwhelmed by them so like there has yeah. to be better strategy involved or something i don't know uh, they, they were gonna break through that blockade eventually so you might as well try and get rid of them before then Without yeah. scaring everybody in the inside. I thought this moment, like when uh like the manager was going to the front, there was like a great use of color. Um when he was trying to comfort the girl, everything seemed like very uh saturated and like nice coloring. And when he turned around and you kind of realized it was like a gang of men behind him, it went black and white for a few seconds. And I thought that was a really cool transition there. So they've been playing with a lot of colors, like there's multicolored blood in this, obviously. So I'm liking how they're being creative with how they're using the animation, how they're using the color in, in grayscale. Been enjoying that a ton. Definitely. Yeah, it's just wild. That it just it, it seem, They seem to be more put together and more, you know, official than they wasn't. Like, it, I think they led us on, honestly, it felt like. So what do you mean? Like the the group of people, like they had all their stuff oh, okay. organized. You know, they had Molotov set and ready to go. It I felt mean, like they was actually like prepared for this kind of shit. And then, you know, it just it just they just wasn't. Is what I'm yeah. Saying. I mean, obviously you got to put a valiant effort. And I mean, being this being a that kind of club, you know, there's a lot of booze flowing. So they had they had the supplies. <laughs> yeah, they had um, using what they had. I and um, I mean. It's a zombie fucking horde, dude. There's only so much you can do before the uh, before the walls come down, you know? Yeah, I got you. Well, going to a more fun side of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to our boy Akira, and we see him in the mirror looking at himself. He's got a little bit of stubble on his face. <laughs> and he's like, I can't fucking pull this off. And he's looking at a bunch of pictures of men in like a magazine or something. And he decides to draw out a beer with a Sharpie. <laughs> Every man cannot draw. Look, I think I once did this when I was like fucking eight or nine. But doing this as a grown ass man is crazy. Uh, Who's gonna see you, dude? I, I mean, it's it's about you seeing you, I believe. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I went with the gold tee when I was like I think eight, and I was like, you know what, I, I'm gonna look good when I can grow a mustache. Thirty years yep. old, still can't grow a fucking mustache. <laughs> Sick joke, sick joke. But <laughs> uh, so he ends up shaving it off and crossing off number ten on his list: grow a cool beard because he can't, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, bro, I, I laughed so hard at that shit. 
Yeah, I'm glad it's actually showing him like crossing some of this stuff off. Uh, it's gonna be imp- important to me to keep up with it. I want to see what he's got left. Uh, also, the internet came back up because there's so people, few people using it now. I didn't realize that <laughs> they did. <laughs> I thought somebody was out there doing the Lord's work, but yeah, there's just no not enough people for it to fucking matter anymore. Any, anymore. Hey, uh, no so, traffic yeah. equals you know more access, right? <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to think about how many people were trying to use the internet when this first happened. It had to be everybody on their cell phones. Yes. I mean, taking yes. up all the bandwidth, taking up all, I mean, the Wi-Fi, if it's still up, everything. So it just shut everything down. I, it is really interesting that they had to come back and just kind of the bleakness of why it came back. Yeah, question. that was good context. Good question, though. Uh, what would y'all Google... If the first thing, what would be the first thing that y'all Googled in the in the instance of a zombie apocalypse? One Piece manga. <laughs> what? You gonna read <laughs> no, it? I'm not, I'm not fucking gonna around. Catch up, Molly, bro? <laughs> hey, I ain't got shit else to do, bro. I probably got a twelve pack in the refrigerator. Fuck it. Lock uh, the yeah. door. Let's handle it. He torrenting every freaking anime there was. <laughs> Get him on the hard drive. <laughs> Hurry up, boys! Hurry. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But realistically, I'd probably, uh, since I live in a different place than my parents, I'd probably look up what's going on in their city. Yeah. yeah. The first thing I would actually do. I was going to say, I would look to see if this was a global issue or just if it was like regional to only uh, like Japan, if that was me. Yeah. Because hell, sense. at that point, your boy's figuring out how to freaking sail a boat and I'm out. <laughs> yeah. If it's, if it's just Japan and it's, a, and it's a, you know, Japan's a series of islands. That you know, you can escape. I mean, there's, there's I mean, eventually it's gonna be. We we've, we've all seen it. Eventually it's gonna be. You know, everywhere else. It's just a matter well, of time, I, though. You know. Well, it depends if the zombies can get off the island. I mean, that's the exactly. the key to that. You know. Well, you know they. You know they'll find a way. You know, There's somebody will be infected and get on get on something and go somewhere and there we go. Well, well, I, think, I think you change really quickly, like within seconds of after you getting bit. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like this. It's like a slow burn. It's kind of like an instantaneous zombification. Have Have we actually seen someone like uh, get bit and uh, the process that it takes yet? Uh, yeah, well, I think we saw it this episode. Um, it looks like oh, they yeah, can also infect by just touching you, which I thought was kind of crazy. I think they um, have to like maybe scratch, oh, cut you up or something like that. Yeah, scratch you up. Yeah, it, it looked like because they they grab one of like the the. The male Gensha, which you called them. <laughs> I'm not sure what their actual name is. But then he started hostesses. turning like immediately. Host, hosts, hosts. Host. Sorry, okay. hostesses. Um, and he started turning like immediately. And I didn't notice okay. that. So I think it's like, I mean, it's really, really, really quick. I got you. Yeah, so I mean, that, that would be what I would look at. Be like, hey, where's the nearest boat? I'm going to go hijack one. He's got a motorcycle. I can get there quick and uh, see you. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going, but it's hell ain't here. <laughs> you gotta get out of Dodge, bro. I'm, I'm, oh, stop, oh, I'm yeah. stopping but at that convenience. you can't get on a boat with anybody else because you, you don't fucking know. I'm stopping at that convenience store. I'm picking up my two shopping carts full of beer and I'm getting on a boat. <laughs> All right, boy. That's my Baskets. Guy. Baskets. Sorry. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah with the internet coming back his phone starts blowing up with all like the posts on social media and everything else and he comes across his boy Kencho which is one of his best friends from college and he calls him like yeah hey, maybe he's al- maybe he's still alive and he actually picks up 
So the whole point of like after this is like here's like all right, gotta go save my fucking boy. Let's get some beers. (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck would do this during a fucking zombie apocalypse, guys? (laughs) Yeah, I I love how like Akira was like, yeah, don't don't come save me. Like you can't get in here, and he's like, nah, I got you, bro. Don't even trip. See you in a bit. Exactly. (laughs) Bye. It was pretty inventive what he did though. He like tied a, a rugby ball to the. The horn of a car and taped it, and then he laced it with explosives. I got some kind of somehow like a timed explosive. Uh, that's how actually the the host actually getting ends up getting saved. The manager, because he's like, you know what? I can't overcome the rest of these zombies. All of my friends are dead and they're turning on me. So he was just ready to get taken to uh, the after afterlife. And uh, Ten, uh, Tendo actually ends up Akira actually ends up saving him. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, did you guys notice? So Kensho was actually trapped in one of those like sketchy uh, red light <laughs> district hotel rooms. Yeah, yeah. The bondage room is what we're yeah. gonna say. <laughs> and um the, special, the zombie that special was room. <laughs> luckily, he said, luckily, I, I picked the bondage room. <laughs> and he actually had the girl tied up to like some kind of table thing. Um the wall. The wall. <laughs> No, it was it was it, it, wasn't, was it wasn't the wall. It was it, it was, was something uh, specially made. Uh, that y'all yeah, it was yeah. a very special wall. Yeah, <laughs> a, a, a statue like wall. So. Yes. So, <laughs> did y'all notice there were like actually bite marks on her arms? Oh, okay. Boy, can show a freaky ass boy. You think he was <laughs> biting her? Come. Huh? I Can you bite power. your own arm when it's away from your, you know, pointed out away from you? Uh, that had to be a bite from a zombie before you realized or something. I don't know. Like, ain't nobody else been in that room, big dog. But she's also a zombie. So how'd you become I'm a zombie about, if nobody else well, I'm was in about, there? I was talking about pre-zombie, but. Well, I, I'm assuming she got I'm bit. That's when she became a zombie. I'm not well, that's what I was jump. wondering, too. I was wondering how the hell she became a zombie. Did he... And if if she became a zombie and got in there somehow, then how the hell did he get her up there, you know, without getting bit? Big that's, strong that's rugby real player. Question, bro. She, she was definitely art. Like maybe he went to the bathroom and somebody else had come in there. By the time he got out of the bathroom, they left. Oh, maybe yeah. we didn't see no other bodies though. You know, well, I'm talking about they. She, you know, she he ties her up, goes to the bathroom. Zombie runs in, bites her, doesn't hear anybody else and runs out. I'm, it's it's elaborate, but I'm just trying to figure it out. Okay. Like, this, these are the shit. This is the shit we need to know. Uh, what Whoever the hell makes this shit. I don't even remember <laughs> Yo, their names bug, now. Run but. that shit. Run that shit. We, we are diving way too hard into this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want to know. <laughs> I need to know it, man. How did she oh, turn into a zombie? My. That's a great question. That's a plot hole, G. Yeah, it's a huge one. Like, how'd she get there? I thought he was saying, thank God I from the bondage room because he was able to somehow subdue and tie up a zombie. But uh, I guess I'm on a different page than you guys are. No, I want to see that, too. I want to see how he got he her there. He need to do that. <laughs> but okay, maybe he did. Maybe he did. All right, on to the next one. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so we get a flashback of uh, Kira and Kensho actually meeting up while Kensho is working at the, or sorry, Akira is working his awful job and uh, they're having some beers and Kensho just spends the whole time fucking bragging about his success at his job. He works in real estate 
hanging out with celebrities, athletes, you know, like high level like executives of Japanese companies and models. having smoke show girlfriends who are models the whole fucking time. And like Akira just looks there, he's just dead. Because he's been working for two years, like nonstop, everything. And basically Kensho's like, You should you should quit your job. This sucks, man. And that really pissed Akira off because he's like, I don't remember what he said, but it was something along the lines of like, you just sat here and bragged for three hours and you're telling me to quit the only livelihood I had or something along like that. And I was like, damn, <laughs> solid advice, but kind of a dick way to do it, you know? Yeah, that was, de- yeah, he definitely was giving him good advice. He should have quit that company, uh, but it should not have come off the heels of him bragging about himself for three hours. That's never a good look. So I don't know about y'all, but um, did y'all think that the picture that we saw of his girlfriend um, in the flashback, did y'all think that looked like the chick that was crying in Club Showtime? I didn't pay that much attention. I don't know. No, I didn't. Y'all, y'all should go back and look at that. Look at the uh, look at the chick crying and then go back and look at his picture that he was showing Akira in the uh, flashback. And I swear to you, it they look just the same. That would be like such a coincidence that um, Akira, that they know each other like that, you know, um, it, it would probably play a uh, play into be a plot point um, in the very near future, I assume. I might have to go peep that. Yeah. Yeah, Good definitely. Catch. Yeah. But yeah, so Akira shows up, uh, basically works with Kensho. They um, they're talking and Akira basically just like apologizes to him about like you know yelling at him and like not taking his advice but then of course shocker the zombies show up and they hightail it to the roof because that's the only place they can go and uh these guys are fucking yoked they're picking up like ac units on the roof and throwing them from the door like i was like what those things weigh like well the 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 those are duckless acs those aren't actually that heavy oh okay 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 they should be bolted down or something right I mean, they definitely should be bolted down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the units I mean, themselves are not that heavy. Okay. But uh, so they come to the point where basically they know they have to make a move, and Akira's like, "Well, we're gonna fucking jump to the other roof because that's all we got going on." And Kencho's terrified. Yes. yes, he doesn't. He can make the jump, but Akira pulls it off. And um, I actually I missed something before that, you know, they talked about their dreams and Kensho said that he was going to try and become a stand up comedian to a bunch of zombies, I guess. That didn't make much sense to me at that <laughs> point, but that's his dream, bro. His dream is to, na- his, his, his to be naked. Uh, I mean, that much is clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back when to when when Akira showed up, you know, at Kensho's door at the the Happy Palace, um, yeah, I mean, the re- the whole reason the zombies came is because he was screaming, saying, "I'm sorry," and like, "I never should have treated you that way," uh, which Kensho was pretty blown back by. But yeah, like Dan said, they run upstairs uh, to the roof, and then yeah, Akira jumps across, and then Kensho's like, "I can't make it," and then Akira's like, pretty much like, you know, "Quit being a bitch." <laughs> Vouch. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's easy for to Akira to say because like he's been dead inside for three years so he didn't care like if he falls off the side of a building at this point I don't think um, but Kensho yeah he kind of like lays out his dreams and I thought it was a cool moment um, yeah, I, definitely. Would, I really wish they would have quit screaming because they were already in trouble because they were screaming 
But outside of that, pretty cool scene. Yeah, and definitely, especially when um, so after Kira jumped across, uh, Kensho basically has a breakdown because he thinks he's gonna die and starts apologizing to Akira for how he spoke to him back at that bar and saying he's like, yeah, my life sounds fantastic, but it's really not like I lied to people to make deals. I did all this stuff like everything felt hollow. And that's when Akira comes back and is basically like, how are you going to chase your dream to be a stand up comedian if you just sit on that roof and get eaten by zombies? So we see Kensho realize and start running to jump over the roof. And very unexpectedly, I don't know how the hell this man pulled this off. This was... (laughs) My man is mad athletic. (laughs) Rips all his clothes off midair. And there's like a scene where like it shows him like spread eagle. And there's just like a light over his junk. And it's so fucking funny. (laughs) It was. It made me laugh. I'm not going to (laughs) laugh. But he barely makes it across. He's hanging on for dear life. And Akira pulls him up. And not even two seconds later, Kencho starts freaking out because he scraped his balls. (laughs) (laughs) They really did a good job at the end of this episode. I really enjoyed this stupid ass shit. I ain't gonna lie. I seen him jump across and then all of his clothes just exploded off of him. I was like, what the hell is happening right now? What is going on? Are we on acid or something? Like, this shit ain't real. Naked parkour never recommended. No. 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 (laughs) Hey, man, he did it in the name of comedy, though. Yeah. Hell yeah. But, uh, and then at the end, uh, basically all that's left to happen is, you know, Akira wanted to drink and laugh with his best buds. You know, as one of his, uh, uh, on his list of things to do before he turned into a zombie or dies or whatever. Yes, sir. Um, he done it. He, he cracked open a cold beer and started drinking with his boy Kensho. Not sure where he got the beer from, but here we are. We're, we're drinking beer with our boy. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. But, uh, one thing that they mentioned, uh, Kensho was kind of joking around. It's like, maybe Akira, maybe you'll be the person that saves us all from the zombie apocalypse. Do you guys think that is actually something that could happen? Yeah, I, you think, I where think this so. Is, you think this is where this is actually headed instead of him just crossing stuff off his list? I mean, he 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 goes into whatever situation he is with no fear and no regrets and no thoughts about anything else other than doing what he wants to do. So, I mean, what's going to stop him from, you know, doing shit to save the world if he wanted to do it? Like, he That's ain't scared fair. to die. So he was already dead, you know, so very true. Very true. Yeah. I'm not sure. You know, awesome. Okay. Anything else we got to add for this episode besides, I mean, two, two grown ass <laughs> men, stark ass naked drinking beers on the roof was something I did not expect. Yeah. No, nah, like if it was my friends, they'd never beat the allegations, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but continue. Uh, yeah, let's get into, uh, Roroni Kinchin, uh, three. So this is Kashin uh, Ryu uh, reborn. So after uh, having his thought process altered by Kenshin, Yahiko decides to qu- quit pickpocketing. But by doing so, he angers the Kanto Shue group. Then later we get into an episode, uh, later in the episode, we get into uh, an issue where we find some ex-Kamiya Kashin students who are up to no good. But guys, the episode started with the Yahiko still getting his ass beat by his master boss um who was uh gaske and then uh kaoru 
actually sees Yahiko getting carried away uh, to the lair. And uh, I was actually pretty impressed with Yahiko during some of this episode. And then he started to annoy me. But uh, the next scene, we kind of go to the, <laughs> the Kanto Shuhi group boss kind of talking to Yahiko about the Meiji area, I mean, era. Telling him it's all about cold hard cash. Uh, you know, samurai have had to put their pride to the side or unless they want to go broke, end up on the street as thieves. And, you know, he's saying like, you know, sometimes they catch a band of thieves thieves and they all are former samurai so he's pretty much just trying to break down yahiko's pride and uh make him like submit to being a thug and thank god yahiko was not having that shit i was really enjoying that yahiko is that that indomitable samurai spirit i mean they really tried to break him down during this uh one thing they mentioned as well is that the wives and daughters of former daimos are like working the red light district and there was a scene where um basically uh, they start ragging on Yahiko's parents and saying that his father basically like was a traitor and went and worked for the Imperials and like got killed doing that, and that his mother to support Yahiko was basically selling herself in the red light district. And Yahiko fucking clapped back at that. <laughs> he fucking clapped clamped. back. He clamped back. Um he ended up biting uh Gasuke in the balls over that shit <laughs> yeah that was nuts <laughs> i was not expecting that at all but you know little man's like i gotta do what i gotta do um but yeah i was liking like he you know he wouldn't he wouldn't t- take that shit from them because he, he called his father stupid and his mom a prostitute pretty much and he was like no that's not true i know that shit's not true and I feel like a lot of young people would have kind of just taken that shit from like 30-something adults. And he just wasn't having it. Mad respect. Definitely, I mean, what, man. What are they going to do to him? Beat his ass again? <laughs> like, kill him? Already... Maybe, maybe kill him, dog. <laughs> kill him? I mean, I mean, these guys are ruthless, dude. I, well, think about it. Like, uh, they was probably going to anyway. So, the way he was acting. So, what's he got to lose? He might as well, you know step up his game and you know uh make him respect his uh parents you know before he died so yeah i did think it was really interesting that he mentioned that his mother worked too hard and got sick and based on what i'm hearing it sounds like she got something so uh poor girl i i'm not accepting that she worked in the red light districts i I refuse (laughs) i fucking refuse i'm gonna say she was working too long hours being the maid or something i ain't i ain't ain't taking that shit yeah that's what i was about to say maybe she was a maid bro maybe you know maybe she wasn't full up in it you know what i mean so yeah nah we're not taking that dan that's fucked up (laughs) just saying yeah yeah keep keep just saying (laughs) but no um but yeah, then we saw, you know, they were actually about to really lay into uh, Yahiko, and he really couldn't defend himself. Um, I believe they were about to get ready to kill his ass. And uh, Kenshin kind of pulls up and accidentally knocks down uh, Gosuke while he's, like, choking out Yahiko. And uh, first thing he does is put Gosuke through the fucking ceiling, and I thought it was awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the first thing he did was knock out everybody else outside of that room. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot the part where he pulls up. They didn't show it, but yeah. Yeah, they were like call for reinforcements. He's like, Yeah, you got nobody left, buddy. Don't worry about it. I already <laughs> took care of them. <laughs> Everybody that's not inside of this room is not the fuck out. 
I love it. I love it when uh you know we've only we're only three episodes deep, but I love it every time Maroni uh Kenshin pulls up. So love it. Oh, awesome. dude. Kenshin goes manslayer mode. I mean, it happened in this episode. Like, uh, the Kanto Shui group leader was basically like, we're going to let the boy go. I ain't fucking with the look in that man's eyes. He's taking bodies on bodies on bodies on bodies. Those are the eyes of a manslayer. It's one kid or the whole organization. We're going to let the kid go. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a fantastic moment because, uh, I mean, the boss obviously is, you know, he, he he grew up in the Meiji area. So he's seen people with that like look on their face. Maybe some of the younger guys has been 12 years. Maybe some of the younger guys don't remember or didn't grow up in that era like that. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he just looks at the kitchen, just looks at the boss. He's like, nah, yeah, we good, bro. <laughs> Have him. <laughs> Keep him, man. It's not even worth yeah, it. Not worth it. So yeah, after that, Kenshin brings Yahiko back to the dojo to be a student. <laughs> and I think it's really funny because like in, in Yasuke, or sorry, not Yasuke, uh, Yahiko's head, he's going to be thinking like, oh, Kenshin's going to teach me how to be a swordsman. This is fucking awesome. This guy's a badass. <laughs> and he drops him at the front door, basically like, hey, Kaoru, I found you a student. And Yahiko's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? This is my master. <laughs> so this is a teenage girl, bro. What are you on? Um, I do want to say that Yahiko was okay with with being Kenshin's uh, apprentice because you know Kenshin and him had a talk to where he was like, you you know, you're just frustrated that you're not able to defend yourself how you want to because originally when Kenshin pulls up, uh, Yahiko's even pissed. He's like, you know, I can fight my own battles. I could have I could have fought for myself. He's even being prideful about that, which is a little self-destructive. You know, my boy's got some growing up to do. Uh, but I do want to point that out because I think that is very important uh, to understand Yahiko's motivations, like, I guess, th just throughout the entire show, is to say he wants to be able to defend himself and those around him. So, um, but yeah, after that, yeah, the uh, this is where Yahiko starts to get on my nerves uh, because Kairu is trying to be a good person. And he's calling her old hag and really just talking shit. He even at one point uh, poked fun at uh, Kaoru for like not having students. You know, her students didn't come back after the whole Batosai incident. And he saw that he hurt her feelings and like he kind of just like backed off for a second. So he's he's becoming more dynamic, but he's still at this point in the show where I don't like him. I ended up liking him, you know, a little bit later. But right now I'm not not the biggest fan. He's just a brat, dude. Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. Street urchin ass. <laughs> but yeah, so after that, uh, there's a couple of students um, and they show up at the dojo. They're running from the Hishimanji Gurren gang. It's a badass gang name, by the way. It is. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of fire. And um, yeah, Kyra just boxes him up, fucking takes him down real quick, which you, you got to think, you know, Yahiko I was like, all right, she's, kinda, she's got moves. Yeah, she she's kind of nice with it. Yeah. Uh, before we keep going, I I do want to ask uh, Tyler what what is your what's your thoughts on our boy Yahiko so far? Well, I mean he, I I think that <laughs> he he's the type of player, he's the type of character that like, um, you know how they always say if you really like someone you're gonna give them a hard time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's that type of person. I feel like that he kind of likes uh 
how do y'all say your name? Uh, Kairu. Um, I feel like he kind of likes Kairu. Um, but obviously he wanted to be trained by, you know, Kenshin more because he's, he is a badass and he hasn't seen Kairu do anything until this scene when she knocked out two of them with what a wooden stick or something like that. I believe it was. Yeah. 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 And then he was like, okay, she's, she can do some, you know? And then we seen him kind of loosen up a little bit, I think, um, in his like stubborn ways of being trained by her and um yeah i don't i don't know about the first part of what you said because like i think it's more the fact that you know in this time period in japan all samurai are men so being taught sword play by a woman is just ridiculous well uh, I, you know I, I mean like i think he grows to like her but i think at that point he's like why the fuck am i learning how to swing a sword from a lady or if it was hack. that deep, if it was that deep, though, then it, he the, wouldn't just like switch around just like that, like we see him do. So, I think he realized he was hurting her feelings. That's why he stopped. <laughs> but, it, but like I said, if it was that deep, you know, then uh, that was like literally when he met her for the first time. Pretty much, I had a conversation with her for the first time. So, like, you're not gonna like somebody the minute you see him. You know, know? but what I'm saying, he. I don't think it's it's because of that she's a woman. I think it's just because he wanted Kenshin and not somebody he has never seen in action. You know, I think it's probably a little bit of both there. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind, like, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of you guys. I think yeah, it was probably a little bit ridiculous to him to because he did say like I don't want to get you know being taught by a young woman. It's kind of ridiculous. Or he said yeah. I think he said unacceptable. Um. Because he didn't know she was she was clean with the sword at the time, and probably because <laughs> she's a woman as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so with the Ishimanji uh, Gurren gang, we're gonna call him the HGG because that, that's a lot. <clears throat> um, so <laughs> yeah, Kairu, like two of the old uh, Kashin uh, members, come by begging for Kairu's help, and she knocks out two of them, and. Um, they pull up with a damn cannon, like a literal on wheels cannon that's shooting like a uh, big oak balls or I think. And uh, Yahiko, the two former students and Kaoru are like hiding inside of the dojo and they start blowing holes in it. And Yahiko kind of figures out that, you know, it's not actually the uh, HGG clan members that were being douches in town. It was actually these two former members because they smell like booze and he kind of reads right through them. He's like, you know, you guys were in town causing problems, weren't you? You smell like booze. Would you get into a drunken argument with these guys and start swinging around your swords? And then they immediately go to apologizing to Kairu. And I thought that was like a good read by Yahiko. Honestly, I wouldn't have put that together my damn self. So he's got good street smarts, even though he is a little rough around the edges. And he really didn't like them lying to Kairu. Uh, so I'm starting to think he's growing a soft spot in these last five minutes uh, of the show. <laughs> And then, but Kairu tries to take like full responsibility for her former students and um, the leader of the gang is like getting ready to like take her or, or whatever. And Yahiko's like, bro, I'm not, this is not how this is going down. Those two goofballs, you did nothing wrong. There was those two goofballs. And he comes up and kicks old buddy in the face. Straight drop kick. Really great moment. Definitely, man. And of course, after that, you know who comes to save the day. It's obviously Kenshin. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Um, but fucking homie cut a cannonball in half. I, I, did we mention that they brought a cannon? I, I mentioned yeah, yeah. it already. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they fucking... Again, they brought a fucking cannon, and <laughs> Kenshin cuts a cannonball in half. I don't remember. Did he turn his sword around to do that, or did he cut a cannonball yeah, in half? Oh, not, yeah, not I, was like, yeah. I was like, there's no way he did that with the doll side, right? No. Now, he said uh, the Sa- Sa- Sakabato uh, mercifully cuts anything other than humans. So he's like, yeah, I'll turn this thing around, just not, just not for y'all's flesh, which it was pretty <laughs> badass. I'm not going to lie. He's always badass, dude. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, like, one of the HGG underlings told the boss, he's like, hey, that's, that's Batosai, dog. And they were like, oh, uh, well, we'll see you guys later. Sorry about the holes in the wall. Bye, Kenshin. And just dipped out. So, you know, Kenshin's got some clout in the city now. Tokyo is, is you know, they're, they're heeding his, uh, his presence up for a little bit. Um, but, yeah. So that's pretty much the whole episode. I feel like a lot happened. I think they're actually doing two episodes per one episode of this remake. Because this is going by pretty quickly, I feel like, compared to the, the original show. Um, does it kind of seem a little repetitive with Kenshin just like coming in and overpowering people at the moment? I mean, it I mean, I guess it could seem repetitive, but like it's not like it's it's not like it's uh uh what was it Momo um Wonder Momo kind of repetitive you know we we're actually I, out here enjoying this shit you know okay yeah so. it's it's not like an old Pokemon episode where X Y Z happens Team Rocket shows up they blast off again you know yeah 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 I, I because me like I said like I I'm looking at this with rose colored glasses so I got to get a reality <laughs> reality check once a week when I talk to y'all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm enjoying it. I, I don't really see it like being too repetitive right now. Okay, uh, it's always a blast when we actually get to see uh, Kenshin come in and clean up because that's what he's been doing lately. So, uh, I don't know if that stays like that or not. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it gets it gets a little bit more variable. Uh, yeah. Down so, the line. Tyler won't know this, but Bass, we saw Sagara Sanosuke at the end of the episode, right? Don't remember. I we did. You know what I'm talking about, right? Let me. I'm looking it up. Oh, big sword guy. Oh, I don't think we saw him. I thought they had him at the very end, and he just like <laughs> they, they boxed up the gang. I thought they had him right at the very end. He boxed up the gang, but I can't remember. I thought I thought that's what happened. I, th- I, I no, you're right. You're right. Yes, You're right. We got You're introduced. Right. We got Yeah, coming. we got we got introduced to one of the other very boring characters. Hey, hey, so that hey, should probably hey, be next hey. episode where he's villain or non. Uh, or can you say? start? Hey, not really a villain. He's he he kind of rounds out the uh, the main gang, squad. Gang. Okay. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited for this week's episode. I'm glad you're enjoying it, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you guys want to get on to hidden inventory number three? Let's do Let's this shit. It. Uh, so uh, Jujutsu Kaisen episode three of what season was it? Season two? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the team spends some leisure time in Okinawa while protecting Rico from her bounty. They get back to Jujutsu High as the deadline expires and run into some pretty unexpected trouble. And basically, this episode opens up with 
uh, Rico getting a text with a picture of uh, uh, how do you say that? Kuroi. Kuroi. Okay. I have a tr- I have trouble with ours. Being held hostage, basically her maid, right? Is basically what that is. What she mm-hmm. is. So, her yeah. best friend and maid. I would yeah, say. yeah, best friend, maid, caregiver. I don't know what else you could call her. Uh, basically being held hostage by unknown people, and Rico got pretty upset about that and uh, was uh, telling Gojo and Ghetto about it and saying that she basically wanted to. She hadn't said her last goodbyes yet and. Uh, she wanted them to like go get her back, basically. And yeah, that's where we start up at. And then the credits roll and the opening rose, and then we don't even get to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused by this. I literally rewound and rewatched me in the episode. I was like, did I fucking miss something here? <laughs> Here, it's like <laughs> I did the same damn. They got I a just, three for three. Damn, dude. I literally just remember like the way it cut to the intro credits or the intro was super blocky and it felt weird. And all of a sudden, like they just bust through a door and save her. And I'm like, I must have had they, a crunchy roll glitch out here or something because that did not no, make any sense. They didn't even do that. I don't they think. didn't even show they, it, bro. They opened up, they opened up with uh, uh Gojo and Rico playing On in the, the ocean, bro. Yeah. No, well, it was Ghetto and uh, uh, the maid talking, and then they overlooked get, uh, Gojo and Rico playing in the ocean. And then they didn't even show her getting time, saved at all. Like, I like it was super light. No, they did. I thought they did show a scene. No. So at some point in time, well, when Ghetto and the maid was talking, they actually do flashback of of them breaking in the door and basically like a fast forward scene of them just like taking her back. No, that that, okay. That's what I, I get to stop watching this on Thursday. It all just blends together. Yeah. <laughs> so good, like man. we we got the end of the take back, you know, basically because apparently they wasn't even sorcerers. But the thing is, the thing that confused me so bad is they built it up so much in the first five minutes to make it seem like this was gonna be a big deal, and then they just skip past it and we we go straight to the them just chilling and and splash of water on each other and it was like bro how did how did the maid get here what happened <laughs> I, I like i really like how they used these scenes and like the jump forward it's like i think it's like, like more of like a reflection reflection of ghetto and gojo's arrogance yeah you know they're so that. overpowered that they don't even have to show them getting her back because it's just a foregone conclusion yeah and plus, it was uh, it was supposedly we learn in ghetto and uh, 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 the maids uh, talking that it was just um, basically non sorcerers that she got kidnapped by some nobodies, and you know our boys just probably rolled up there and just like stomped them or something, you know. So yeah, something super super fucking yeah. quick. Uh, probably wasn't even worth showing, to be honest. Um, we also learned something while they're on the beach and they're kind of walking back to the resort. Uh, Ghetto pulls Gojo aside and he's like, hey, you're okay. Uh, I re- I've noticed you haven't released your curse technique, you know, since we left. You haven't slept either. And Gojo, like, kind of laughs it off. He's like, yeah, I'm okay. Well, you know, we'll make it back. Plus, I have you here. Um so they really believe in each other. They they know they're some of the strongest people, uh, period. 
they think they are the strongest, period. So Yeah. Yeah, they do think they're the strongest. Um, but Toshi's plan is working. Mr. Fushiguru, uh, he's cooking. He's cooking. Yeah, we yeah. just don't know it yet. So Yeah. So but, everything's coming together for him. But yeah, they don't even see it coming. They're wondering why they haven't attacked them on the beach and why they've just kind of left them there. All feeding it into Toji's hands. And then uh then uh they were supposed to go back that day. Um and Gojo convinced Ghetto. He was like, Bro, just let us stay, let's let us stay one more night. Let's stay one more night, have fun. You know, we're playing in the ocean, we're having fun, and we'll just go back tomorrow and we'll be what do you say? We'll be in the air when the uh, bounty deadline expires. And that sounds like a better plan, right? So, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah, let, all right, let's do it, you know? And then we yeah. jump forward again. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it would have been like a lot better if like Gojo was, I mean, uh, Ghetto was like, yo, I need you to sleep. Like, you're the other half of the team. Like, just go to sleep four hours, give me something. And like, I'll just watch your body. I'll literally sit here and watch you. But just go to sleep, relax for a second. But you know, they, they're arrogant. They're young. He, he it goes back to what you were saying, though. You know, it just shows how cocky they are, how arrogant they are. So they're just like, okay, well, we can handle whatever gets thrown at us, no matter. You know, if you're tired, I, I can, I can get it. You know, so yeah, a hundred percent. Definitely, yeah. So they make it back to Jujutsu High. And, you know, so uh, Gojo, the minute he gets across the barrier, he finally lets his guard down because he thinks he's safe. And, um, well, that was a big mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Bro gets turned into a pincushion as soon as he lets his guard down. Yeah, somehow Fushiguro can get inside of the barrier and absolutely just stabs him through the chest. Which I did not expect coming. No. That was something crazy. Uh, I almost got spoiled. I think it was on Friday. And I was like, no, I'm just going to watch this right now before it gets fucked up. Because I know like, I know this is going to be a great scene. And so, yeah, I did not see that coming either. Um, Gojo was like, yeah, I uh, didn't he see he had reinforced his body or something like that. And he's like, he, did, he didn't hit any of my vital organs. So it pretty it much was- just went straight through. He says something like he uh, he sensed it at the last second, activated his powers, and made it miss his vital organs or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So he got lucky then, but then he tells, you know, Ghetto, like, hey, I'll, f- I'll fight this guy. You, you take the, you, you know, you take the, uh, the, the, the vessel, the star vessel, downstairs to the basement. I'm going to wash this guy. I'll meet you down there. It's all good. And oh boy, was homeboy wrong? Holy that shit. That was when they fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So we look we finally get to learn a little bit about uh Fushiguro. And so he doesn't have cursed energy, which is crazy. And he uses a cursed tool, kind of like um Glasses Girl. May. May. Is that her name? Pretty sure it's May. Is it JK? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, you talk, but yeah. You're talking about off the season one or this season? Yeah, off season one. Uh, Those are the panda. Name. Yeah. And the yeah, fish I know guy. What you're talking about, but... fish, 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 tuna, 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 tuna. <laughs> Is it my? My? I think it's my. Maki. Maki. Yeah, my. There, yeah, we, there go. we go. So he, he's kind of like Maki where he doesn't have cursed energy and just uses cursed tools. And um, he's also got like a million speed and 
uh, power buffs because he's fucking yoked. Fast well, as fuck, boy. They, they, said, they said in that uh, uh, Gojo actually says that he signed a pact yeah. with that uh, worm or whatever, and that's what makes him so yoked. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's got the speed buffs and the power buffs because of his pack he has with the cursed tool. And then this cursed tool, which looks like a little demon worm thing, basically acts as like an, a backpack for him. So he's just pulling swords out and knives out left and right out of this thing. And uh, Gojo can't get a right read on him because he doesn't have cursed energy. And basically to create nowhere for Fushigoro to hide, Gojo uses his ability and just destroys everything around him, thinking that he'll be able to, you know, see him coming. And, uh, well, sure enough, he doesn't. Uh, he released... <laughs> Fushiguro like somehow released like a um swarm of locusts, but they what they call them flyheads, flyheads, which mm -hmm. are just demon bugs. And uh, Geta or sorry, Gojo is so wrapped up in this that it creates an opening for Fushiguro to go in and uh, slice them up pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah. Um. So <laughs> the, the whole setup is crazy. So like Toji pretty much uses the flying heads. Not to just distract Gojo, but to make him use his defensive curse technique. And then, so he goads him to doing that with the flying heads, and then he pulls out this cursed, uh, cursed sword that actually deactivates curse techniques. So he wanted Gojo to think he's safe. I go to stab him. He's not going to move because he thinks he's safe. Got him right in the neck. Yeah, and right in the throat he did. Mm -hmm. And then... It was just a bloodbath. bath. He like just basically like tried to split him open and then for good measures stabbed him probably what five or six more times in vital areas just to make sure, I guess. And yeah, and there's our boy. <laughs> GG's. <laughs> uh yeah. So but yeah. From there we get ghetto Rico and Kuroi going down to the tomb of the star where Tengen lives. And we got to really. Uh, one, one thing I do want to add is that Gojo and Toji had met before in passing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the whole reason Toji set up this whole situation, how he did, is because, like, he had heard about the. What is Gojo's clan? I forget uh, the name. The Satoru clan? Right? Yeah, the Satoru no. clan. Yeah. Is it? No? Okay. I'm pretty sure Satoru. His last Gojo. name, so yeah. Um, he had heard about this their new clan member who had like the six eyes, and he's like, you know, I got to go check this kid out. And kind of whole Toji's whole thing is like he can sneak up on people, and he had never. He said, you know, I got up behind him just to get a look at him. You know, I wasn't even close. And Gojo oh. turned around and looked at me. He's like, and and that was the first time, and nobody since them has seen me like creeping on them whatsoever. So that alone, like, just straight scared him. It's the Gojo clan. I'm backwards, so we got that going Oh, it's the place. Gojo clan? <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah, he was like, and that's why he was like, yeah, I've never seen anybody, like, sneak up on me. So he had to reduce his stamina so he wouldn't see him sneak up on him again. And it worked. So that's how he made his plan. I think that was good, good context. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, going back to the very end of the episode. So, Ghetto, Rico, and Kuroi uh, make their way down to the Tomb of the Stars, where Tengen is. 
Uh, Rico says her good goodbyes to Kuroi, who's basically like, hey, I can't go any further than this. You know, good luck. Waves her off. They have a touching scene where they say they love each other and have a big hug and all that. And uh, we got a really interesting thing scene, I thought, where Ghetto is talking to Rico and he's like, are you sure you want to do this, basically? And she kind of like breaks down that she knows that it's her entire purpose in life. But um, she says that she wants to live longer and Ghetto basically says that Gojo and him will protect her from Tengen if she wants to continue living, which I thought was pretty crazy because that's like, you know, going to really fuck up the sorcerer's world. I, I just think they were so fucking arrogant to think they could just go against everybody. And that's yeah. actually when Ghetto says, yeah, we're the strongest. We'll protect you. But there was also a scene where it seemed like their teacher, yeah, the muscle head who becomes the principal down the line, says that like they might want to do that. So I thought that was really interesting. I mean, yeah, he, he definitely admitted it, it was fucked up what they were doing. Um, so I definitely get that, but it would have been going against pretty much everybody but him. And yeah. he's obviously no slouch either, but like still um, more arrogance out of those two. And that scene right there, like, it, it had me, like, so confused and shocked. I was like, wait, what did this man just say? He said that, you know, just just for for Rico, we're going to go against Tengen and turn the world upside down for this chick that we just met, what, a, uh, a week ago? And that we didn't days. give two shits about? Uh, yeah. And, you know, Gojo's over here, like, at this point... I'm thinking, okay, our boys just want to fight somebody. <laughs> it's a tester, you know, just like a pissing contest, basically, is what they're trying to do. So, give them a reason, bro. That's 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 the vibes I got from it. Yeah, I, I think everybody knows not to fuck with those two. That's the only reason I could think that they would want to, like, would have even the inclination to do something like this. Yeah, definitely. But uh, so the episode ends with you thought it'd be Gojo, but sure enough, it was Fushiguro coming down and um, unexpectedly pulled out the blicky <laughs> and shot Rico in the head. It was yeah. so fucked up. They were playing the credit music, y'all. And he was like holding his hand out. And you think, oh, this is the end of the episode. How cute. He's going to take her back. And then just bang. <laughs> And we just see her fall. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, well, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> what just happened? It was awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. context-wise, story-wise, it was really cool. Story-wise, it was cool. Yeah, no, you're right. And we got to see, like, the change of expression on Ghetto's face from, like, happiness to, like, horror to, like, yo, okay, what the hell's going on? Definitely. Yeah, and then, then uh, our boy... Uh, uh, Fushigiro just walks up in and say, <laughs> and just I th- I don't know what he said, but then Ghetto's like, bro, how'd you get here? You know, he's just astonished. Was like, what? Uh, how? And he's like, oh, don't worry, I took care of Gojo. He's dead. Yeah, and I was, and he he was just dumbfounded. That's, I think that's where it ends, actually. So, nah, yeah, uh, Ghetto <laughs> actually pulls out his two strongest oh, that's curse. Right. Uh, curses and it's like you're gonna die oh yeah you got angry (laughs) then that's where it ended yeah yeah. so i don't understand why ghetto might have switched his ways around after potentially losing you know thinking he lost his best friend or losing his best friend 
So this kind of makes sense. It's starting to make sense where he uh, where he's coming from. Yeah, we also know that Gojo's not dead, though. I mean, he doesn't know that, though. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But I mean, speaking of, you know, we do know Gojo's not dead. But how the hell does he get out of this one? <laughs> you know, how the hell? Question. What kind of ass pool is being pulled right here yeah, for him to get out of this situation? Delayed. I don't know, man. Probably someone with a six eyes, some crazy healing ability, has in his back pocket. Yeah, we shall see. Well, all I know is after after Gojo comes back from this shit, his his ego and arrogance is gonna be unmatched by anyone because he's gonna <laughs> he's just gonna this is why he is the way he is now. So fair enough, honestly. <laughs> Definitely. Well, guys, is that all we got for JJK today? I think so. I think I'm good, brother. Yeah. Perfect. Well, as we mentioned, One Piece is on a break, so you're gonna have to catch these guys next week because i won't be here for the rundown um make sure to join our discord check out our socials linktree.com slash anime dgens and we will catch you on thursday for the bs hour thanks guys later